0: Paul said in Romans chapter 15, and verse 4, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. This morning, I want us to talk about some things from the Old Testament. As we were led in our reading this morning, the, the young man did a wonderful job in reading. I want to talk to you about David, something in the life of David, and see how we can learn from David. And really, uh, titles of sermons for me are kind of hard. I'm not really a preacher. As Brother Earnhardt says, I just have good material. Well, I've got the greatest material that there is. But this morning, I want us to look in the life of David. As I was growing up, I remember reading this passage or talking about this story, about this particular instance when when Uzzah reaches forward to touch the ark, to steady the ark, and God struck him dead. And I remember as a child, I was like, why would God do that? Uzzah was trying to do something helpful. He saw the ark. It's about to fall, and he wants to raise his hand, and he wants to steady it. And I remembered someone pointing out the passage, you know, God told him not to touch the ark. And he touched the ark. Well, this morning, what I want us to do is I want us to learn the rest of the story. And I'm sure you already know this, but I want us to turn to Chronicles this morning. First Chronicles chapter thirteen, and we're going to read Chronicles account, and we're going to see more to the story. It unfolds more than what Samuel's version gives us. We're going to do a lot of reading this morning from the Word of God. Okay, I feel that's very important. We need to read the Word of God. Also, the more reading I do, the less chance I have to mess it up. Okay, we're going to read the Word of God and study from it this morning. Okay, let's turn now to 1 Chronicles, 1 Chronicles chapter 13, and let's, let's read this account. David consulted with the commanders of thousands and of hundreds and every leader. And David said to all the assembly of Israel, If it seems good to you, and if it is the will of the Lord our God, let us send abroad to our brethren who remain in all the land of Israel, and with them to the priests and Levites in the cities that have pasture lands, that they may come together to us. Then let us bring again the ark of our God to us, For we neglected it in the days of Saul. All the assembly agreed to do so, for the thing was right in the eyes of all the people. So David assembled all Israel from the, from the Shahor of Egypt to the entrance of Hamath to bring the ark of God from Kiriath-Jerim. Just a couple of things, my highlights. Things for you to remember. I have them underlined. David said, if it seems good to you and if it is the will of the Lord our God, let us do this. And you keep that in mind as we go on. Also, all the assembly agreed to do so. Everyone agreed with David. That's a great idea. That's what we need to be doing. Let's do it. It was right in the eyes of all the people. Now let's move on in our reading. Verses 6 through 10. And David and all Israel went up to Bala, that is to carry at which belongs to Judah, to bring up from there the ark of God, which is called by the name of the Lord, who sits enthroned above the cherubim. And they carried the ark of God upon a new cart from the house of Abinadab. And Uzzah and Ahio were driving the cart. And David and all Israel were making merry before God with all their might with songs and lyres and harps and tambourines and cymbals and trumpets. And when they came to the threshing floor of Chidon, Uzzah put out his hand to hold the ark for the oxen stumbled. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah. And he smote him because he put forth his hand to the ark and he died there before God. One, two things to keep in mind here before we move on. First of all, they placed, or they carry the ark of God upon a new cart. You keep that in your mind as we go on. They brought it upon a new cart. Other than how they're driving the cart. David and all Israel, the second thing is, David and all Israel are making merry before God with all their heart, with all their might. They are excited. This is a wonderful time for them. They are dancing. They are singing. You can just see them going through the streets. They're all happy. We're bringing the ark of God where it needs to be. We're bringing it home. Keep that in mind as we go. Verses 11 through 14. Now this was after Uzzah touched the ark. God struck Uzzah dead. David was angry because the Lord had broken forth upon Uzzah. And that place is called Perez to this day. And David was afraid of God that day, and he said, How can I bring the ark of God home to me? So David did not take the ark home into the city of David, but took it aside to the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. And the ark of God remained with the household of Obed-Edom in his house three months. And the Lord blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that he had. couple of things before we move on. First of all, David was angry. Then David was afraid of God that day. He was afraid of God that day. David, the Lord's anointed, the man after God's own heart, was afraid of God that day. And also, that the ark of God remained in the house of Obed-Edom for three months, and God blessed him while he was there. Now, let's move on. Let's, let's talk about some things before we, we continue our reading out of God's Word. Let's talk about some things, lessons we can learn from David in this, in this particular story. The first thing is this. I believe we can learn from this story that we can be sincere and full of praise for the Lord and still be wrong and still be wrong. Back in our reading, remember we talked about this, they carried the ark of God upon a new cart. David and all Israel played before God with all their might, even with songs and with harps and with psalteries and with timbrels and with cymbals and with trumpets, and it was a wonderful time. David had remembered God. A lot of times you would think when people rise up in power, they rise up in stature, first thing they do is forget God. But David had remembered God. He had remembered, let's go get the ark. Let's bring it. We neglected it in the days of Saul. It is a reminder of us. It, is, it represents God. Let's bring it to us. It was an exciting time. He was full of praise. Full, he was sincere. And yet, what happened to him? Mr. Spurgeon in his commentary said, their religious joy was interrupted because it had not been sufficiently seasoned with holy awe. They had not given the reverence and respect to God and His Word that He deserved. He also goes on to say in his commentary that this lesson that David learned it caused Him and the people to purge their hearts from levity and presumption. It also taught them to be obedient to the Lord's Word as well as zealous in His praise. See, I'm afraid a lot of times we in the church, we, we've gone, We we I remember growing up and we used to talk about, oh yeah, everybody just stands there. We we sit in worship and we sing the songs and we're barely singing and, and we're barely moving our lips and we're and we're like stone statues you know and because we're all worried about getting the spirit or we're worried about getting too much emotion right and so and but now there's a movement that goes on the other side you know we're not showing any emotion we need to go we need to start having emotion we need to be zealous we need to be all of these things full of praise and then they forget about the truth part. We want to worship God in spirit, right? We want to have Well we don't worship Him in truth. And brethren, I'm here to tell you we need both. We need both if we're going to be pleasing to God. Paul said in Romans chapter 10 and verse two, talking about his, his fellow Jews. He says, "For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge, not according to knowledge, not according to the word of God." David had great zeal for the Lord. He had a great idea in wanting to move the ark of God. But he moved it not according to knowledge. You remember 1 Samuel, back when Samuel was talking to Saul, after Saul had really messed things up. And Samuel says to Saul, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. Sacrifice is important. God wants our obedience. He wants us to seek Him out. And so we'll have more to say about this in just a moment, but let's move on. The second lesson I believe we can see, and just from this this first reading in 1 Chronicles 13, is that fear can paralyze us. Fear can paralyze us. Back in our reading, verses twelve through fourteen of first Chronicles thirteen. David was afraid of God that day, saying, How shall I bring the ark of God home to me? So David removed not the ark unto him into the city of David. He carried it to the house of Obed Edom. you ever thought about Obama. Probably Obed Edom first God, that he was great. He just got through. He just got through getting someone killed. He's going to bring it to my house, right? What's going to happen to me? But he brings the ark, and he says, and the ark of God remained with the family of Obed-Edom in his house three months. Because of fear, David did nothing for three months. He didn't move the ark for three months, and yet the Lord blessed the house of Obed-Edom for those three months that he had the ark. But I want to tell you this, brethren, if we do not treat God as holy, then we better be afraid. We better be afraid. If we do not treat Him with the respect and the reverence that He deserves. David missed out on the blessings of God because of fear. Because he was afraid. Fear can keep us from doing what God wants us to do. What do we do when we're afraid? What should we do? Well, Psalm 34 and verse 4, it says, I sought the Lord and He answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Brethren, when you're afraid, when you don't know what to do, you need to seek the Lord. You need to seek the Lord and He will deliver you from all of your fears. Another passage, Psalm 56 and verse 3, When I'm afraid, I put my trust in thee. When I'm afraid, I put my trust in thee. Well, let's see what David did. Let's, let's go ahead and finish our story now. What did David do when he was afraid? Now, let's go back in our reading now. First Chronicles chapter 15. We skip a chapter here because it talks about some other things that are going on. David's wives and children, the Philistines being defeated. Now in chapter 15 of 1 Chronicles, we kind of pick back up in our story. Verse 1 says, David built houses for himself in the city of David, and he prepared a place for the ark of God and pitched a tent for it. Then David said, No one but the Levites may carry the ark of God. For the Lord chose them to carry the ark of the Lord and to minister to Him forever. And David assembled all Israel at Jerusalem to bring up the ark of the Lord to its place which He had prepared for it. We'll stop in our reading just for a moment. I have underlined for you. Look at what David said. Guess what David was doing for the last three months? Evidently, he started looking into the law he started looking at the Word of God. Because now he says, no one but the Levites may carry the ark of God, for the Lord chose them to carry the ark of the Lord and to minister to Him forever. David does now what he should have done three months ago. Just a side thought. Maybe David presumed, that since he knew God, that he could just move the ark any way he wanted. Maybe he knew that the ark, to move the ark back into its home place was a good thing to do. So maybe he just thought he could do it any way he wanted to. But he paid the price for that thought, didn't he? Let's go on in our reading. Now, we're going to skip down to verse 11 now of 1 Chronicles chapter 15. And David called for Zadok and Abiathar the priest and for the Levites, for Uriah, Asaiah, Joel, Shemaiah, Eliel, and Amenadad. That's one reason why I didn't get you to read the Chronicles version of it. Anyway, okay, and he said to them, You are the heads of the fathers' houses of the Levites. Sanctify yourselves, you and your brethren, that you may bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel to the place I have prepared for it. Now listen, for because you did not do it the first time, the Lord our God broke out against us because we did not consult Him about the proper order. So the priest and the Levites sanctified themselves to bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel. And the children of the Levites bore the ark of God on their shoulders by its poles, as Moses had commanded according to the word of the Lord. David tells us the rest of the story, doesn't he? He says, well, because you did not do it the first time. You did not do it the first time according to God's prescribed way. You did not carry the ark in the right manner. He says, the Lord our God broke out against us because we did not consult Him about the proper order. Some translators have the proper ordinance. They did not seek out God's will. So what do we learn from this? What is the lesson that we learn from this? I think one of the lessons that we learn from that is this. To seek God's will means to turn to His Word. To seek God's will means to turn to His word. So, it's, oh, well, that's obvious, right? We all know that. We've all heard that from a long time. Well, it wasn't obvious to David, because what did David do? Remember, at the very beginning of chapter thirteen, he said, "If it is pleasing to you, and if it is the will of the Lord, let us move this ark. Let us carry the ark." He talked about doing the will of the Lord. He said, "If it is the will of the Lord. Let's do this. But you know what, brethren? You've all heard the expression, familiarity breeds contempt. Are we guilty of this? Do we presume sometimes the will of God? Oh, well, I've read that before. You know, I read that passage. I remember reading it last year. I, went through, I was reading through the Bible. I read through it, and I remember what it says, and I think this is the way we need to go. And a lot of times we'll, we'll get, because we're familiar. We think we're familiar with God's Word, and so we, we think, well, we can just go this route, or we can take this route, instead of going back to the Word of God to make sure this is the way that God wants us to do things. Do we presume the will of God? In First Corinth, excuse me, First Chronicles 15, verse 13, once again, he says, for we sought him not according to the ordinance. They talked about doing the will of God. They all agreed it was the right thing to do. Let's do this. But guess what? They didn't do it. And it winds up causing Uzzah his life. It caused inactivity for three months. God could have been blessing them for three months because they did not. To his word. Brethren, we've got to be careful of this. We've got to be careful. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 11 and verse 6 For without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, well, how do we get faith? Romans chapter 10 and verse 17 tells us, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith does not come, come by hearing something about the Word of God. It comes by hearing the Word of God. We've got to study and listen to the Word of God. That's how we're going to live by faith. That's how we're going to be pleasing to God. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15 tells us to study. Be diligent to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We cannot rightly divide it if we don't study it, if we're not diligent. We've got to study the word of God. To seek God's will means to turn to His word. The next lesson I believe we can learn from David is that in our worship and service to God, It must be God's way. It must be God's way. I'd love to rearrange the the worship service and try to do it in a way that I thought was the best and try to do this and that and, and change the elements of worship and do this. But guess what? It's not God's way. It's not my choice. God has prescribed how He wants His people to worship Him. And we're to listen to it. They carry the ark of God upon a new cart. You know, in the past, I know we used these old poles and we carried the ark. But you know what? That's outdated. We don't need to be doing that anymore. All right? We've invented the wheel. Right? We can make a cart now. We can, we can give the Levites a rest. They don't have to carry it. Let's just, we'll get, to make this beautiful cart. We may even put some gold lining on it because this is where the ark of God is going to be carried. And so we're going to ride and we'll do all of these things and it'll be the best cart that you've ever seen. It'll be the most magnificent thing that we can ever do. It must be God's way. It doesn't matter if the new cart is cheaper, if it's prettier, or faster. It doesn't matter that if the new card is more popular. How many times we say, oh, well, we can't get people... People, Nobody wants to listen to the Word of God anymore. Nobody wants to listen to the preaching of the Word. So we're going to have to think outside the box. You heard that word? Oh, yeah, we've got to think outside the box. We've got to break the paradigm. We've got to have a paradigm shift. We've got to move everything around to make it more conducive, to make people want to come in. As long as you do that within the guidelines of God's Word, you're okay. But as soon as you start doing things that are not according to the will of God, it will never succeed. I don't care how popular that it is. I don't care how many people. I don't care if you're able to fill up every seat in here. If it's not God's way, it won't do you any good. Even if it feels right. My brother-in-law, And my father-in-law and I, we 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 play golf some when we get together and we have a little little time. And my brother-in-law and we have this little standing joke that we always talk about. And every time we get up and and one of us, you know, I'll get up and I'll and I'll just well I'll hit it great, and yet it'll go right in the woods. And I look at my brother-in-law and I said, boy, I don't know what's wrong. That felt right. That felt good. That felt like the greatest shot in the world. What happened? Well. What happened is this. Just because it feels right doesn't make it right. Just because something feels good to you, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's according to God. Obviously, it felt right to David. I mean, they're singing in the streets, right? <laughs> they're singing the praise of God. They're walking through and they're riding. The on the. You know, the ark's on the cart. Everything's going great. But it wasn't God's way. There's a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Proverbs 14 and verse 12. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. That means by His authority. According to His will. We want to be pleasing to God. It's going to have to be God's way. It must be God's way. And you all know Matthew chapter 7. Jesus speaking there in the Sermon on the Mount, chapter 7 in verse 21. And He says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Because they were not doing it God's way, according to His will. You may be standing out there saying, yeah, we've heard this. We know this. Brethren, our souls are at stake. This is so important. It's basic, yes. But it's so important. We can lose our souls for eternity because we don't do something God's way just because something else feels right, just because we think that, oh, this is a better way. Think about these things. Lessons from David for us this morning. We can be sincere and full of praise for the Lord and still be wrong. Fear can paralyze us, can keep us from doing what God wants us to do because we're afraid of God. So brethren, what should we do when we're afraid? We should seek out the Word of God. Seek out the will of God. To seek God's will means to turn to His Word. And finally, in our worship and service and work to God, it must be God's way. It must be God's way. And I want to close with you this morning with this last passage. Psalm 127, verse 1. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it Labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Unless the Lord builds the house, then it's going to fall.